My name's Kendra Houseman from Out of the Shadows, and you're about to listen to a series of interviews that took place over nine months. I want to know what life would be like for a child that had been through domestic abuse, parental mental health, poverty, and exploitation, to name a few. What would happen if we created a team, an army almost, to support that child? 28 people were interviewed, all with the same question in mind. What could have been different for child B? You're about to listen to Blondie's People. So follow us on our journey where I will speak to everyone from George the Poet to some of my good friends as we discover what it takes to become one of Blondie's people. Within these episodes, you will find answers, you will find guidance, and most of all, you will find an insight to a world that many do not know. There's a trigger warning for some of these episodes, and some of them are not child-friendly. We're going to talk about things that are very, very raw and real. So kick back and get ready for a journey, a journey you will not forget. Welcome to Blondie's People. Uh, my name is Kendra Houseman from Out the Shadows and I'm interviewing people uh, for Blondie's People. These are people that have been part of my life now in what I've been doing, but should have been there for Blondie when she was younger in different ways, but we'll come to that. Today we're speaking to Tom, who's going to be speaking about um, men and anxiety. Um, so who are you and what do you do? I am Tom Humphrey. Uh, I work in education. I've been working in education now for three years. Uh, I work in a secondary school. Uh, I started as a pastoral manager, uh, working as the whole school, but then moved into a head year 10 role uh, and now work with a key stage four group, so head of year 10 and 11. Uh, I'm guessing that's, that kind of job means that you... You can't hide away. It's not a kind of job that if you're feeling anxious, you can just go, or can you? Can you just go to your office for like a few hours or is that not the case? No, that's why I love it so much. So when I'm at work, I'm constantly on the go. So I won't stop. I, my main concern when I'm there is my kids. So I, don't get me wrong, you've seen it. I, there's times where I have to take myself away and compose myself for a couple of minutes, but then I quickly snap back and get straight back into it. On the whole, it seems like to me that when you're busy, you can ignore it and most of the time. It's when you have yeah. the quiet moments that anxiety kicks in and, and yeah. that's so important. I, for me personally, and I could be wrong when I say this, Tom, right? I think it's easier for women to say things like, I'm depressed, I've got anxiety. I, I just think it, it's easier. And I don't know, yeah. If, yeah, my own family experience, the men in my family could never talk about anxiety and that's why you're here. So tell me, what's it like for you as a man living anxiety? What, what does it feel like? So I always, I, it's a really hard question because there's always this stigma behind um, men and anxiety. So men are always looked at as this strong, bold personality that you've got to get through every single emotion that you're carrying inside. Actually, as we go on in society nowadays, it's become a lot more okay. I'll put it in inverted yeah. commas because it is okay for men to suffer anxiety. There's so many different charities, organisations out there, Mind, Calm, uh, Men's Mind Matter, um, and even local ones like that, Man's Club, uh, that's in Planet now, um, that is so accessible. And, and it kind of makes it okay for men um, when there's stuff like that that they can branch out to. Um, but, yes, you're right. There is it does make it a lot harder for men to come out because of the stigma that's attached for it. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is as well is 
I know when I say this to you, and, and, and let's, get, let's get on that level. Let's be real about it. When we talk about anxiety, I know that people living with anxiety always say to me, you'll think I'm mad when I say this, but, and then they tell me the things they do. So let's pretend, yeah. you don't, let's pretend I don't know you, right? What, how does anxiety impact on your life? Like, what, how, when does it impact? Well, let, let's just be clear. Like, anxiety don't discriminate on anybody. <laughs> like, it, it, it will touch anybody from poverty all the way up to people that are earning millions and billions of pounds. It, it don't matter who you are, what sexuality you are, what preference of sex you, you have, uh, it's always going to hit someone. I think the situation we're in right now okay. lockdown, would have affected people that have never experienced anxiety before. Um, the impacts on my lifestyle. Um, take us, take us through your day, right? So, so you wake up in the morning. You feel fine, or what? How do you feel? So, it very much depends how I wake up. So, I can wake up and I can be in two different moods. I can wake up and know that it's not going to be a good day, yeah. uh, and that will very often be on a weekend. So, it'll be on a Saturday or Sunday when I know that I've got a lot more time on my hands than what I would do during the week. During the week, I can just get up, get on with it. Um, and stick to my routine of knowing that I'm in my safe places. So my flat is my safe place. Work has become a very safe place for me. And my walk to and from work is a safe place because it gives me that time to take in what's going on around me. Yeah. When, um, you, when, when you get up, so you don't know if you're going to have a good day or a bad day, or you feel that. Yeah. You get up, you know, you feel bad. Let's say you're having an anxious day. How does that impact on your walk to work? Let's make it that basic. So your walk to work, does that have any impact? Let's just pretend I don't know you, Tom. So if you was to see me out on the streets when I was experiencing a bad morning, you'd think I was crazy. So it would go a lot of like me walking down, checking my pulse, <laughs> making sure I'm still alive, uh, just checking my temperature, uh, walking fast then stopping, making sure I'm still alive. Um, crossing other sides of the roads because I don't feel safe on one side. Um, yeah, it's, it's a bit crazy. And, that, and that's on your way to work. So I, I know how that feels. So I would imagine sometimes you arrive to work exhausted already. Yeah. yeah. You've, already, you've already gone through near death 20,000 times. But I've arrived at my safe place. So I can, put all, I can kind of drop that for a few hours now think of the kids and crack on with what I've got to do at work. Yeah. It becomes a lot more real and a lot more um, raw when I'm outside of my safe places. So for just for example, a lot of my anxiety is around travel, as you know. Um, so I, I really struggle with public transport, um, always have. Um, I also struggle with cars, car journeys. Um, and again, that's a lot of the touching, the, the ticks that kick in. Um, but very much more so on public transport. So when I worked in London, uh, that for me was really, really tough. Uh, and that's when I, I've got a drinking problem. So that's when, for me, um, the drinking started to come into play as well. So did you always have anxiety like from growing up? Did you, was it always something that was there or, or what? See, I, I can't remember a time where anxiety wasn't part of my life, but that, that makes it a lot more harder for me to look at because the addiction part of it as well so with my anxiety came drink so that was my way of um clouding it over blanking it out and just kind of putting on a a, a clown front as i think i put in one of my blogs um 
that I just covered it up with that and masked it. Yep. Um, and that very quickly spirals out of control. Uh, and it, it very clearly did. Um, so, yeah, travel has always been an issue for me. And so has the health aspect of, aspect of it as well. Uh, we talked about this before and yeah. we, we didn't know what we would or wouldn't mention, but we've brung up the drinking. So let's talk yeah. about it. Now, I've, God, how long I've done, how long I've, I've known you, but I've known you sober longer than I've known you not sober. So what have you been, is it two years that you've been? Two years and one month I've been sober, yeah. So when you were drinking, did the anxiety yeah. go away while you was drunk? Yeah. Um, so, but that's all psychological. Uh, so with, with a drink came confidence uh, and then with confidence came friends and with friends came having a laugh and a giggle and more drinks. Um, so that's my, that was my way of disguising it. And it was very easy. And it's so easy to fall into that trap of um, disguise because that's what it was. Yep. Um, and it was, it's an, a really unhappy place. Um, would, you, but, would you feel it the next day? So when you was drinking, the next day you woke up, how would your anxiety be? So I got to a really bad point where I would just I'd pick up in the morning as well. Um, so, and everybody knows this, uh, that are friends and family, so it's not going to be a shock factor for anybody. But when I, um, when I was at my worst, I would pick up and go to work, um, travel on the train. Um, so by midday, I probably would have gone for about two or three bottles of wine um, before I'd even really function started drinking yeah that's right yeah exactly um so it <laughs> i'm lucky that i didn't fall into it any further because with drink comes drugs um and that's not a path that i ever went down that i know of because i used to black out <laughs> when yeah, i was drinking yeah. um but to my knowledge i never picked up any drugs when you when we met when we met you was halfway yeah. through journey you're halfway through discovering that drink wasn't for you at all yeah. and you've been completely sober for two years so how has that changed your anxiety is it is it different now yeah I think I'm a lot more aware of my anxiety um I've come to I've, there's lots of different ways that I can now control it rather than the obvious of just and very quick um kind of putting it to bed by just picking it up or actually I'm dealing with it the properly and yep. the adult way of dealing with it um so now instead of I mean don't get me wrong you know there's times where I've said to you oh Kendra I could really do a drink or yeah. all this happened today I could really just go to go and get a bottle of wine but I haven't and with that I've replaced other things work predominantly uh, that that is my go-to when I am struggling I'll just pick my laptop up and do some work um, but also some hobbies as well um, and even during lockdown I've spent ridiculous amounts of money on <laughs> new hobbies that keyboards. keyboards and candle wax but it's not alcohol and exactly. it's not harming you yeah yeah exactly before before lockdown happened, so before this was even something that we could think of, if I'd said to you four months ago, right, Tom, me and you, we're going into you're going into lockdown, Tom. You're not going to see no one. You're going to be on your own. Will you be alright? What would you have said? Absolutely not. No. No, uh, and that that's the simple answer. Like I, 
even before coming to lockdown, I, I was still very, not immature, but I, I wouldn't grown up fully, if that makes sense. I was still, there's still some aspects of me that I would kind of latching on to other people and relying on and, and, and in different cases. But um, coming into this, absolutely not. I can remember the last day that we was at school and um, we, it was horrible because we had to say goodbye to our year 11s and that, that just broke my heart. Um, but I can just re remember it just suddenly sinking in and I come across to your office with a load of postcards, really like <laughs> frantically running around. I was like, Kendra, <laughs> I, was like, I, don't, I didn't know what to do. I was like flapping. I didn't even say anything. I just walked in and I think I went for one of my really flaky hugs with you and then... <laughs> turned around and then just walked straight back out so you must have, I must have left and you were like what the hell just went on but yeah, I'm just used to it yeah, that was that was one of the rare times that I probably freaked out about lockdown because on the work up to it I just didn't have luckily I didn't have the time to think about it because we were looking after the kids so much yeah. Uh, and all our energy was elsewhere um, because that within that last week, so much went on um, that we didn't take anything in. And I remember sitting in a meeting with our boss um, and him saying the length of time that we could potentially be shut for. And you and I just crossed, looked at each other and we both... Because we knew it would give us thinking time. Absolutely. Um, so to walk away from that and not, and to still keep going for me was big. Um, and I have, so. We, we so we're, we're part of a group of friends yeah. and within that group of friends, um, you're the youngest. Good for you. Aren't I, yeah. You are the youngest. You could all be my mums, I think. Yeah, we all, we all thought that you would, we'd, you'd break. We, we had that conversation. I'm not gonna speak on everyone's behalf, but we, were, we all said he won't last, he won't be able to do it. And then a few days in, some of us, Wills, she was, a, she was your advocate. She said, he's, he's all right, you know, he's going to do it. And since then, we've all had conversations. Usually me and Bex, we usually be like, this, this boy has grown into a man. And that's what we've seen. So lockdown for me has seen you mature into a man. You've just, it's not just a beard, it's getting bigger. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're becoming who you should have been. Yeah. And tell... Tell us about your worst days in lockdown for anxiety. What, 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 what does your worst day look like? Well, it's really weird because I, I don't think I've had a worst day. Like, it, and I, I can't believe I'm saying that because I, by now I should be back home with my mum and dad, uh, having just probably quit my job and <laughs> just because I've freaked out so much. But actually, I've, I've been... I've spent too much money on stuff that I shouldn't have, but that stuff that I've bought has kept me busy. Yeah. I've, still, I've still been working as hard, so I've still been working from eight till five every day, so that's yeah. kept me really busy. And I've been candle making, I've got my keyboard, I've got 3D diamond painting that I do, and all of that has been really beneficial for me because without all that, strip that all back, I've got too much time on my hands. Um, and I, that, I think you've been really good during lockdown. Thank you. Yeah, it, and, and, there's, there's been no bad days, but then me and you both had a wobble when the government announced we're going to be going back to real life. 
then me and you did not have a, a good time. So tell me what happened when you when we found out, we don't know when or when, but when we knew that we might have to start going back sooner than we thought, what changed? Because all of a sudden, some of them feelings come back, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, it, for me, it's just, I, I've been no further than my daily walks that sometimes I haven't been doing. So the furthest I've been is up to Wills's house, which is just a few roads down. Um, so the, the, the thought of, okay, look, you, you could potentially going back to work in however many weeks, send your alarm bells ringing straight away. Um, I've got to go back to work. I've got to go back into my routine. I'm not worried about going back to work because, of course, it's what I love and I want to see my kids. Um, but with everything else that comes with it, and I feel like I've, I'm coming out of this a completely different person. So I don't know what is on the other end. So when I get back to work, I could have a completely different view on how my routine is or how, how my job goes. So it, but for me, it's getting back to reality. Yes. It freaked me out for a, a good couple of hours, but we kept it together, didn't we? And, yes. and, and I think that's what's really important. Like we've built this unit around us. Um, well, both of us are quite in similar situations. Yeah. I, we've built that unit around us, um, as well as my parents at home and my, my other girls that I've got. I'm, I'm quite safe and I've created my flat to be a safe place as well. So for me to be leaving that after how, what, how many weeks is it now? Eight? Eight? Yeah. But it's gonna, it'll be hard, but it's something we've got to do and it's something that we... I suppose lockdown has kind of prepared us for it a little bit because yeah. we, we, we've got to come out of it at some point. Um, Rona doesn't really bother me, really. Uh, doesn't scare me, but the impact that it's had on not just the country, but people that we've known and, yeah. and that's gone around us, um, that's been hard. So to go back knowing that there's been quite a lot of grievances and how, how we're going to have to pick up the pieces as well for some of our kids is going to be really hard. But that's what we do. That is what we do. The worst, I've seen you quite, I've seen you quite bad of anxiety. The worst I've ever seen you was, so, so me and Tom and our friends, we like to go and play bingo. Yeah, we're, we're, we're that cool. And we was in the car and the journey is literally seven minutes long. I've timed it. So it's a seven minute journey, but there's this part where you sort of drive and there's no houses. It's down that long road bit. And you're always the same on that bit, right? But this, the last time we ever went out, which was, we went to at Nando's and bingo, that drive there, which lasted about 10 minutes, you were, I was worried. We were all worried. You were grabbing, you were, you couldn't breathe. You're saying, oh, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And it was just literally, you, you were holding your pulse. Um, you were weak you were shaking afterwards I always remember that you were shaking and when we got out of the car you got out and you were you were gone and you you just said I'm so sorry and I'm sick of this and you were so angry at yourself and I really didn't think you'd make it through the night because you, you were so bad do you remember that day yeah I absolutely do and I feel for Becky having to be the driver <laughs> every time because <laughs> I'm like clenching onto the back and I'm just like <laughs> but um, that worries me a little bit as well because I've got to get back because where I was building up that confidence of getting yeah. in cars and, and driving longer distances I've got to start from scratch again because I've been in the car for eight weeks but 
do it. I've done it. So I, I, the reason I raised that worst day is, is because when I saw you on that worst day, I would never in my life dream that we'd sit and be talking. You could not talk about anxiety, Tom. Like you would just brush over it. So we try and talk about it. You'd either not be able to get up and leave my room or you wouldn't. And the reason I just brought that up is if I had brought up that incident a few months ago, just talking about it would have sent you over the edge. But you just talked through it and you was like, you know what? I am worried, but it's okay. I'm yeah. just trying to show the growth of because you've been able to digest it and talk about it openly, you're able to handle it different. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, feel, do you think that's true as well? Yeah, and uh, uh, but at the same time, it, it, it's having, I keep saying it, having the safe, the safety net around you. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, I've, I've had that all throughout my life, but I haven't used it right in the right way. Um, like I've always had my mum and dad, which have been, always been amazing. My girls, Natalie and Lauren, always been fantastic. Um, but I've always abused the other relationships, whether that be your drinking, whether that be with other stuff. That mm -hmm. There's always been some kind of way of c control, I suppose, because yeah. I, I feel like I'm out of control when, I, when I'm going for anxiety. What advice do you reckon you could give? And it's not, it's not advice, you're not an expert, apart from it's lived experience. So what advice would you give to other males, boys, men out there that think, I'm actually going mad. Um, I can talk about somebody in my family who suffers from anxiety, isn't ashamed of it, but literally thinks they're going mental sometimes. And you're the person I relate you back to. I always say, well, you know, Tom feels the same way. So what advice would you give to, to males out there that are thinking they're alone? I think really, really important just to keep on keeping on. Like, and I, I can't, that stuck with me for, for ages. And you just, no matter how hard it gets, just keep going. There's always so many more positives than there are negative impacts that are going to have on whether you're struggling or not. Speaking out is so important and communicating with the right people. Um, and having them conversations because you're right before before all this i would never have been able to sit and have yeah, this conversation ever um but i'm in a much better place so yeah keep on keeping on stay positive um and get yourself busy make yourself Routine. make time for yourself and 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 make sure you're looking after yourself i mean i put on a lot of weight during lockdown but I think everyone has but normally that for me would ring in my head be like oh my god I'm gonna have a heart attack I'm gonna this I'm gonna have that but actually I'm quite calm about it you yeah. can shift it it's fine I've got a cross trainer now in my bedroom <laughs> so yeah. okay. um but yeah keep on keeping on <laughs> um you said to and communicate and speak I think that um, I remember us having a conversation about six months ago and it was about six months ago and I said things will get better Tom and you went no no they, they won't ever get better so I think that the fact that we're sitting here now and they have got better is enough hope for everyone okay I end all my interviews yeah. with the same question what have you learned about yourself yeah. in lockdown about myself um, I'm a lot more resilient now than what I gave myself credit for, I think. Absolutely. Um, dur during lockdown. Um, and I think that's going to come out the other side as well. Um, 
I've learned who my true friends are quite quickly uh, with everything. I think you, with any given situation, it, it shows you a lot of people's true colours. Um, and, and that's nice in a way because you, you know how to move forward with, with yourself. Um, yeah. Have you learned anything about other people during lockdown? There's some really good people out there. And there's, yeah, there's, there's an aspect of me that kind of, before I come into lockdown, I was a bit like, hmm, is this the right place for me in terms of Thanet and my job and stuff? Um, and it, what's happened is kind of firmed that, like I, I'm comfortable where I am and, it, and I'm really lucky to have the unit that I've got around me. Um, there's some great people out there and the amount of people that have checked in with me within my friendship group is, is just been great and it's been that constant reassurance as well rather than just every two weeks someone popping up and being like yeah it's been constant so yeah I think that a lot of people are going to come out of lockdown with a positive and I think for me and you definitely we're coming out much more resilient stronger people and much more in control of our emotions absolutely agree with you yeah it's exciting but it's also keep on keeping on that's all I'm gonna end it with <laughs> thank you